Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina istafa Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Qad aflahal mu'minun alladhina hum fi salatihim khashi'un والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون صدق الله العظيم Most respected on my Kiram brothers and elders In the Quran Quran Kareem Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala mentions various qualities of those believers who will gain the highest level of success. The basic success every believer will get. As long as a person left with Iman, the basic success he will certainly get that sooner or later he will enter Jannat. So that is the first level of success that no matter how long it may take, Allah Ta'ala forbid that a person ended up in Jahannam but as a result of Iman, he'll still get to Jannat someday. <coughs> so that is the basic level of success. But the highest level of success, and what is the highest level of success? That a person doesn't have any difficulty whatsoever in the journey to the Akhirat. One is the worldly life, worldly life and worldly challenges that is with every human being. But from death onwards, at every stage, at every station, he has VIP treatment. There is no customs for him. There is no interrogation of any sort. There is no accountability. There is no fear or anxiety that he has to experience at any point whether it is at the time of death, where at that time the angels come to give him the glad tidings. And then in the cover itself, he is given the VIP treatment, the treatment of Jannat in the cover already. The bedding of Jannat is laid down for him. The window of Jannat is opened out for him. And he can see his abode in Jannat already. And the cool breeze of Jannat comes in. And the malaika come and treat him with such great ikram and honor and all the other various bounties of Allah Ta'ala that come to him in the grave already. Then on the day of Qiyamat, he is under the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala and he is saved from any account, any accountability, no hisab kitab. He gets the water of kawsar from the Mubarak hand of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he crosses the Pulserat without any difficulty. And at every stage he is just passing through without any kind of <coughs> questioning, any kind of problem, difficulty, hardship. And he finally enters the higher ranks of Jannat. Indeed, in the higher ranks of Jannat, then there is those different ranks, the Ambiyali Musalatu Salam, right at the highest ranks of Jannah. And then others according to the rank. But this person also enjoyed this completely smooth passage through the stages of Akhirat unto Jannat. 
This is the real success. فَمَنْ زُحْزِهَا عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازِ Allah Ta'ala says the one who has been saved entirely from the fire of Jahannam and he is entered into Jannah directly, this person has truly succeeded. Now in the world, everybody has their own concept of success. But that is not the success that the Quran Sharif talks about. This is the real success of a person. Now who will get this success? Allah wa ta'ala describes it in these ayat of Surah Mu'minun. Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Indeed, the believers have succeeded. They have gained success. The qad comes on something that is emphasizing the past. And the word aflaha also is a past tense verb. Which is meant to denote that this is such a certainty. That though this person is still going to live his life, he still has to go through all these stages. But if he has lived his life with these qualities, then it can be written down beforehand. Inshallah, this person has totally succeeded. So this is falah. And a mu'min's success is not on the same yardstick as the success of somebody else. Many a times, a person and people bring up these things. That if we are not going to conduct our businesses, for example, in the way that the West conducts their businesses, how are we going to progress? If you do away with all this banks and interest and whatever else, how are we going to make progress? And the West, the Yehud and the Nasara, they are progressing. Can't we see how much progress they are making? So there are various ways of answering this. But the very simple example to understand that one is the nourishment for a dog and the other is a nourishment for a human being. The dog eats some bones, but the human being eats the flesh on that bone. If he says, well, if the dog is getting nourished by that bone, so now I'm going to also follow the nourishment of the dog. And then it can be taken a step further to make it more understandable. The example is a little crude, but then there's the nourishment for the pig. And the human being nourishes himself on pure and halal, tayyib food. <coughs> he says, well, that is also an animal. It's also a creation of Allah Ta'ala. And that is getting nourished. So, if a person uses this analogy, then there can be no doubt in the person's insanity. That if that animal is getting nourished in that manner, then the human being must also get nourished in that manner. So, a mu'min and a kafir, there's a world of difference. Between the two, there's no comparison. The mu'min's nourishment and his progress will not be by the same manner that a person who denies Allah Ta'ala might seem to progress in this world. Two are totally apart. So Allah Ta'ala has kept the mu'min's progress in his ahkam, in following his commands, in the way that Nabi Sallallahu has taught. So Allah Ta'ala has said, Qad aflahal mu'minun. Indeed, the believers are successful. And this word falah is an extremely comprehensive word. It includes every kind of conceivable success. Whatever kind of success a person can think about is all included in the word, word falah. There isn't a word more comprehensive in the Arabic language with regards to success.
any kind and every kind of good, all kinds of betterment, all kinds of progress, all kinds of success, all included in it. So Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ And then Allah Ta'ala mentions seven qualities of the believers. On one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when these ayat were revealed actually, Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu reports that whenever the wahi would come down on Nabi Sallallahu he says we would like hear a kind of buzzing sound around him. Like how a bee buzzes, we would hear something similar. And we would immediately understand that this is wahi coming to him. So some sign of the wahi would we could perceive also. In any case, this one occasion the same thing happened. So immediately we all kept silent. Allah's Nabi is now receiving wahi, so we kept silent. When the wahi was over, Nabi turned and faced the qibla. And then he raised his hands. And he made dua. Allahumma zidna wa la tanqusna. Wa akrimna wa la tuhinna. Wa a'atina wa la tahrimna. أَثِرْنَا وَلَا تُؤْثِرْ عَلَيْنَا وَأَرْضِنَا وَرْضَ عَنَّا This dua Nabi Islam made. Oh Allah, you grant us more, don't deprive us, don't cause a listening for us. And give us honor, save us from disgrace. Give us preference over others, don't put the others over us, the enemies over us. You become pleased with us and make us pleased with you. Crux of the dua. And then Nabi Sallallahu after having made this dua, in other words, this was such an occasion that such a wahi had come that Nabi Sallallahu then presented this dua in that wahi also. That there's a time when this dua will be certainly accepted. And then Nabi Sallallahu turned and said, such ten ayat have been revealed upon me that anybody is steadfast upon this, then he will certainly enter Jannat. And then Nabi Sallallahu recited these ten ayat of Surah Al-Mu'minun. That these ayat have been revealed upon me. And any person who is steadfast and firm upon these, upon practicing upon these ayat, then this person will certainly enter Jannat. And in one hadith it is mentioned, that Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, after Allah Ta'ala created Jannat, Allah Ta'ala adorned it. And after having adorned Jannat, Allah Ta'ala commanded it. Takallami, speak. Say something. What do you have to say? So Jannat spoke. And what did Jannat speak? Qad aflahal mu'minun. Alladheena hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. Walladheena hum anil laghwi mu'ridoon. These very ayat that were revealed to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Jannat spoke. In other words, these are the people that will come into me. So indeed they are successful. The people who have these qualities... They will enter me. The Aisha anha was once asked by somebody that what was the akhlaq and the character of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Describe him. So she said, Kana khuluquhu al-Quran. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's character, what are you asking? It was the Quran Sharif. Did you read the Quran Sharif? And then she started reciting these ayat. That you want to know about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? These were the qualities in him. Qad aflahal mu'minun. Alladheena hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. That he had this quality of complete and 100% khushu. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ That from all futile things, they are totally away and aloof from it. And the rest of the qualities that we will inshallah discuss. Aisha then read these ayat 
as a description of the akhlaq and the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi So this is a very comprehensive ayat or these ayat are extremely comprehensive in that it includes all the qualities that a person should have in his life so that he gets this direct passage into the jannat without any hindrance, without any kind of difficulty on the way and he gets a smooth sailing journey direct to jannat. So the very first thing that Allah Ta'ala speaks about is الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ To are these people who will gain this total success, the very first thing, top of the list, those who have the quality of khushu' in their salah. So the two things are here, one is the salah and the other is the khushu' in the salah. So both are vitally important. The vessel is important and the contents in the vessel is also important. person doesn't have the vessel itself, then there's no question about having the contents because the vessel is gone. So the salah has to be there and then in the salah the khushu has to be there. These are two independent things. But both get together to make up what is the salah in reality. So we have discussed the importance of salah on previous occasions, how fundamental this is and what are the judgments of the fuqaha regarding the person who forsakes his salah. Hazrat Imam Malik says such a person must be beheaded. Imam Shafi says such a person must be beheaded. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal says such a person must be beheaded. Person who deliberately forsakes his salah, three of the four imams, they Pass this judgment, such a person must be beheaded. Imam Abu Hanifa, his judgment on this is the lightest of all. He says such a person must be imprisoned and he must be severely beaten until such time that he makes sincere tawbah. Or if that doesn't happen, then if in this beating he loses his life, well, be it. So this is just the crux of it which is a deduction from various ahadith, etc. put together, they have reached this conclusion. So this itself shows what is the importance of salah in the life of a mu'min. As it has been described in hadith, like the head in the body. A headless body, we haven't seen. So in the life of a mu'min, salah, this is the position salah holds. And throughout, from the time of the sahaba kiram right to the present era, the Ahlullah, we can see in their life that this is what they always had the top priority for, Salah. And in every sense of the words, every kind of effort was made to improve the Salah, to better the Salah, to make sure it is performed with the Khushu and Khudu, and with Takbir Ula and all the various etiquettes and Adab. Hazrat Gangoi, Rahimahullah, on one occasion, there was some Jalsa or something, and there was a huge crowd. And he was a person of that caliber and that status. People knew him. They had recognized him. So after that program was over, it was Salah immediately. He had to leave to go to the nearby masjid to perform Salah. But now so many people crowded around him that by the time he met them to leave, he got delayed to the point where the Salah, by the time he reached, the Salah had just started just before that. 
So he missed his takbir ula. He missed his first takbir. After that salah was over, somebody saw him in a state of extreme grief. Like something major has happened. So they quite has it, something has happened. What happened? So after they persisted, tell us what's the problem, if you can do something to help. So finally then he explained that after 22 years, today I missed my takbir ula. After 22 years, I today missed my takbir ula. That is what I am so grieved about. Hazrat bin Nuri rahimahullah, on one occasion, somebody came and they told him, please, there's some work in a certain place, if you could please come. So he told the person, look, I don't mind coming, you're taking me to that point, but look, asar salah, I must perform back here in my place. Very well, no problem. All the guarantees and all the promises normally are made beforehand. But thereafter, to fulfill those promises sometimes, that's where everything then goes the other way around. person said, no problem, by all means, we'll be back in time for Asr Salah. So they, he came, picked him up, and then it so happened that they got delayed at that place. And now while coming, by the time they reached, the Jamaat was just over. And they were en route, they were on the road. So there was no uh, real thing that they could do besides now get there as soon as they could. But by the time they got there, the salah had just finished. The person narrating the incident, he says, that day I saw Hazrat Allah bin Nuri rahimahullah weeping in a manner I'd never seen him crying in my whole life. That he cried on that occasion in such a way I hadn't seen anybody cry like that in my whole life. And then he, in the middle of those sobs, he said that the salah that Nabi Wasallam taught, the salah with that khushu and khudu, the salah with all those etiquettes and adab, this we don't even have anywhere near that. All we have is the outer resemblance of the salah of Rasulullah Wasallam. If we don't even uphold the outer resemblance to perform the salah with jama'ah and to perform the postures correctly, if we don't even uphold the outer resemblance of what we got left with, we have nothing but the outer resemblance, the ruh and the soul of it, the reality of it, we are still very far from it. We haven't come anywhere near it still. That khushu and khudu that Nabi Wasallam taught, which the Quran Sharif is asking for, we are nowhere near it. All we have is the outer resemblance. If we don't even take care of the outer resemblance, what's left then? So the person says that I hadn't seen anybody cry in my life like I saw Allama bin Nuri rahimullah cry on that day. Now this crying actually is that very khushu which that salah is, which that salah creates. And that khushu with which that salah is to be performed, that humility of the heart and that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, that makes a person feel and in the hadith it comes that a person who misses one salah, obviously this means missing it to the point where it's gone past time. It has become qaza. And it is like as if all his property and his entire family has been erased in one go. We often quote this hadith, we have often speak about it, listen to it, read about it. But it is like something we just 
speak about or hear about. But just perhaps a week ago, somebody was mentioning about his relative in one of the neighboring countries that uh, late at night, it was a winter's night, and he can smell like something is burning. But first he thought couldn't be, then finally when he realized definitely something is burning, it was late at night, so he jumped out, ran to go and see what's going on, and the children, four of his children were sleeping in the room, one of the rooms, it seemed like they had turned on the gas heater or whatever heater. Little children didn't realize, taking precautions, nothing is close by, and somehow something caught a light. And they were all probably because the gas was leaking also, were already not even conscious, but the room had caught a light. So in that moment now, in that moment of panic, he told his wife that you take the children and run out and I'm getting some water. By the time she went to take the first child, somehow that flames just swept through the room. So she was trapped with the children inside and he was trapped on the outside. And in front of him, he saw all his wife and four children all perish. Now, we talk about this hadith. This person was affected to such a point that now he's just walking blankly. Allah give him afiyat and shifa. But this is now reality. That in one go, this was the effect. In one go, he lost his entire family. Only he knows what he went through. <coughs> we can only talk about it. Allah Ta'ala grant everyone afiyat and safety and protection from all these kind of calamities. But in the Hadith Sharif, what is being mentioned is that a person loses his entire family and all his property in one go, missing one salah, to the point that the time has expired, even though he'll make the qaza later. Even though he'll make the qaza later, the loss is like having lost all these family and property in one hit. So that is how important that salah is. Salam bin Nuri explained that this is the only, we only have this outer resemblance, we have the shell. If you don't look after the shell also, what else is going to be left? Hazrat Mawal Khalil Ahmad Saharampuri rahimahullah on one occasion, he was, while making wudu, there was some, his gum started bleeding. So, he carried on trying to stem the blood, but it wouldn't stop. So eventually then he gave the instruction that, look, the salah is waiting, everybody is waiting, they're probably now getting delayed also. So go ahead, I will have to wait. So in any case, the salah was performed. And he had to still wait for the blood to stop. Finally, somehow, that stopped. Then he performed his salah. And then there was this severe grief on him. So somebody inquired again what happened. He said, after insistence, said that after six and a half years, today I had to miss my takbir Six and a half years, today out of this, helpless situation which wasn't beyond which was beyond his control now this is looking out after the outer side of salah that it is there on time it is performed the postures are correct it is performed in jama'ah it is performed as far as possible we try for the takbir ula as well so this is the outer shell of salah and for this outer shell also that effort has to be made everything else we understand that there is an effort required we got to learn how to do it
We teach our children how to conduct business also. You must go about it like this and do that and don't do that. And everything else, there's an effort made to learn it. Salah also an effort is required to learn how to perform the postures of Salah, what is to be recited, how it's to be recited, etc. All the adab and etiquettes of Salah. So the outer postures and all the adab and etiquette still forms the shell. Then is the aspect of the ruh and the soul of Salah. And that is what is being discussed in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That those who have khushu in their salah. What is this khushu in the salah? Khushu, some translate khushu as that it is sukoon. Totally being at ease. No unnecessary movement. Hazrat Siddiq Akbar it is mentioned when he would perform salah, it would be like a lifeless log, as if some tree stump or something lifeless is just standing. Not a single movement. So that is khushu. Khushu is in every aspect. Khushu in the heart is what it starts off with. And this khushu of the heart will then permeate every limb. One person in his salah was playing with his beard. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw this. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, That if this person's heart was filled with khushu, then his limbs would also have been in khushu. But his limbs are not in khushu, he's busy doing something which is not part of salah. So this is indicating that his heart is also not in khushu. So the khushu of the heart, this starts off before time already. Hatim Asam rahimahullah, he says that my preparation for salah is, I prepare myself outwardly and inwardly for salah. I prepare myself outwardly and inwardly for salah. I prepare myself outwardly by washing myself with the water of wudu. The wuzu water, I make wuzu and I wash my outer self. And then I wash my inner self. The preparation I do by washing myself outwardly and inwardly. Outwardly with water and inwardly with toba before every salah. Before every salah, I make toba and wash my heart. Now this is the preparation for that khushu to come. That before the salah, a person is making some istighfar or some toba to condition the heart. Now the person is going to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. So this khushu of the heart is the first thing. The khushu of the heart comes, then the khushu of the body will come. And then the salah will become salah. Salah, the meaning, literal meaning of salah is dua. It's a literal meaning. In the terminology of shariat, salah is a complete action from beginning to end with all its conditions, etc., but literally the word salah means dua. As if to say that the person who is in salah, then every limb of his body has gone into dua. And his entire person from head to toe is now begging from Allah Ta'ala. From head to toe he has become a person engaged in total begging from Allah Ta'ala. So this is salah. Now that salah will come when this khushu. So that khushu is beforehand. That khushu already will propel a person towards salah. 
person whose heart has khushu will not experience any laziness to now go ahead and perform that salah. As far as his laziness is concerned, this is something also, that there are various ways to remove this laziness. And one of the ways, one of the things is to use the mind. To use the mind at that time when the person is feeling lazy or when something else has become an obstacle. For example, the Sufi Kiram explained that supposing a person has been even given kingdom, he's a king of the time. And he says, well, I got kingdom. I have to run the whole, I'm a president. I have got to run all the affairs of the country. So sometimes Salah gets missed. I'm in a helpless situation. See, on the day of Qiyamat, Hazrat Sulaiman and Hazrat Dawud Ali Wasalam will be brought in front of this person. They were also kings. And not for a moment did they become unmindful of Allah wa ta'ala. So is kingdom the thing that makes a person unmindful or is it your own laziness? So this person will be forced to admit that it's not kingdom, it's my own fault, my own unmindfulness, laziness that as a result of this I didn't perform salah, I became unmindful and heedless. If a person is foregoing his salah because of wealth, then the wealth of Sulaiman far exceeded him. When Bilqis sent some gift to Sulaiman via her people, as a little to see what's the response. So Sulaiman already had the news beforehand that she is coming or she sent this gift and they've, they are coming with some gold and whatever else. So before those people came, he ordered his people to pave the entire way with gold. So when they came close by and they started walking on this gold, they felt embarrassed. Just now somebody will think maybe we picked this up from the road and brought it. So this was the wealth Allah Ta'ala gave him. So if a person as a result of wealth feels that this became the obstacle, Sulaiman Salaam will be presented to him. That did you have wealth as much as him? It didn't prevent him from remembering Allah Ta'ala. So how can it, why would it prevent you? It's only your own nafs and your own weakness, your own laziness. If a person was as a result of his children, see, I had many children and I had all the worries and concern that go with bringing up children. So Yaqub will be brought in front of him. Did you have more children than him? And were you tested in regards to your children like he was tested that Yusuf was separated from him? And that grief was put upon him to the point where he lost his sight out of crying. But despite that, he didn't become unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. And he didn't disobey Allah Ta'ala in the least bit. And if a person feels that they are in very straightened and very dire circumstances and in great amount of oppression, so Asiya radiallahu anha, the wife of Fir'aun will be brought. That were you in a greater state of oppression, then Hazrat Asiya radiallahu anha as well. The person oppressing you was a greater oppressor of Fir'aun. Who was the bigger zalim? Can anybody compare with the zulm of Fir'aun? But the zulm of Fir'aun didn't deter her from fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala at every moment. And she didn't become unmindful at any time. So, can you claim that that became the obstacle? Or is it your own laziness? So obviously all these excuses will all fall by the way. 
nothing will stand, nothing will hold water. So it is simply a person's own laziness, but the thing is at that time to use the power of the mind, to use that himmat. If at the time of Fajr, there's an announcement that at the masjid today, as the musallis will be leaving, each one will get a bar of gold. So for a bar of gold, person who didn't wake up for the whole year or so, somehow suddenly his sleep, where it will go to, he won't be able to explain also. And if he is that person who says that, I just don't know, at the time of Fajr I'm unconscious. People sometimes say, see you know, I can't help it, at the time of Fajr I am unconscious. But at the time of Fajr, suddenly when the person was, somebody whispered in his ear also, just whispered, forget the alarm clock ringing. After namaz, there will be one bar of gold to each person. He will hear that also. Though the alarm clock somehow he fails to hear it. But he will hear that whisper. And where his sleep will go also, but nobody needs to ask about that. Forget the whole bar of gold, one bit of it also he will run for. So, at that time to bring this to mind, that supposing at this time if a person receives a message that the president has called, he wants to see you now, the person will jump out and run. So here the king of kings has called. The king of kings has called. That now come, answer, answer the call of my muazzin and present yourself in my court and perform the salah. So the person who uses his mind, uses the power of his mind, then Allah Ta'ala will open the way for him. But if the person just says, well, I just am unconscious at that time, well, person fails to use that himmat Allah Ta'ala gave him, that himmat will become weak. So in any case, this khushu we are talking about, that this is the very fundamental thing, that this khushu has to be acquired. And there's an effort required for this khushu. So, when this khushu will come, this will make that salah a salah in reality. Then the salah will become that salah that قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ The ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ That verily salah prevents a person from all kinds of lewd and evil things. Now many times a person says, I perform my salah five times a day. But then I leave the masjid, then already I'm getting involved in all kinds of haram. Quran Sharif says that salah prevents a person from all haram, all immoral things. So salah inna salata as salah. That salah which is a salah in reality. That salah which in therein there is khushu, all the etiquettes and adab are there. Then that salah will prevent a person from every kind, it will become a barrier between him and every kind of haram. But that salah has to be developed. So this is the first criteria of success. Allah Ta'ala speaks about in this ayat of the Quran Sharif. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That the believers are successful who have developed this khushu in their salah. And in their body, in their heart, there is this complete khushu. There isn't any kind of movement which is not part of salah. And they are totally at ease. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. Then they will get that inner sukoon and peace as well. And they'll find their hearts getting enlightened. They'll find that strength from within to then do the other righteous actions because salah gives a person that strength for everything else. So this is what we have to make an effort for. This is what we have to strive to achieve.
Allah Ta'ala give all of us the tawfiq, that we have this consciousness of salah all the time, and we make this effort to acquire this khushu, khudu, the outer form of salah also we acquire, and the inner, the soul and the reality of the salah also we acquire. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Inshallah we'll continue with the discussion of this ayat in the coming weeks. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq for that. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.
ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہ و لکا شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثناء علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و ان لم تخفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکوننن من الخاسرین 
رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العزيز الأكرم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها إله العالمين يا الله Most merciful Allah Most beloving Allah إله العالمين يا الله You get Allah Forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Whatever we have committed in the darkness of the night يا الله Forgive it يا الله What we committed in the light of the day Forgive it يا الله What we committed knowingly and knowingly Forgive it يا الله Intentionally and intentionally Forgive it يا الله إله العالمين Save us from every sin يا الله Save us from every disobedience يا الله Keep us on sirat al-mustaqim يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Keep us يا الله In your pleasure يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Save us from every breath of your disposition يا الله إله العالمين يا الله you protect us from all the fitna and fasad يا الله protect us يا الله protect our families يا الله protect our relatives يا الله protect our friends يا الله protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم إله العالمين يا الله throughout the world wherever the Muslims are suffering remove their hardships and difficulties يا الله إله العالمين يا الله those who are in poverty يا الله give them risk and يا الله بركت in the risk يا الله إله العالمين يا الله those who are under oppression يا الله remove the oppression from them يا الله إله العالمين grant hidayat to the oppressors also يا الله if hidayat is not decreed for them يا الله wipe them out from the face of this earth يا الله إله العالمين يا الله you grant us استقامة الدين يا الله إله العالمين grant us that kind of salah which you are pleased with يا الله grant us خشوع وخضوع وصلاه يا الله إله العالمين enable us to perform the proper salah يا الله the way that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught to perform salah يا الله إله العالمين grant the importance of salah in our hearts يا الله يا الله enable us to perform every salah with تكبير أولى يا الله إله العالمين يا الله enable us يا الله be prepared outwardly and inwardly for every salah يا الله إله العالمين grant us the importance of salah in our hearts يا الله إله العالمين keep us steadfast on salah يا الله إله العالمين يا الله you accept all the أعمال that are taking place يا الله nothing is worthy of being presented in your court يا الله يا الله everything is full of faults and mistakes يا الله everything is so weak and feeble يا الله إله العالمين out of your grace accepted يا الله إله العالمين out of your grace accepted يا الله إله العالمين accept us يا الله accept our families يا الله accept our friends and relatives يا الله accept the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم إله العالمين give us a tawfiq of doing those a'mal that bring down your ya Allah mercy ya Allah إله العالمين save us from those a'mal that bring down your wrath and azab ya Allah إله العالمين يا الله you grant unity in the hearts ya Allah إله العالمين unite the hearts of the ummah ya Allah unite the families ya Allah Allah those families that are breaking up ya Allah unite their hearts ya Allah إله العالمين those spouses that are disunited unite their hearts ya Allah those brothers and sisters that are disunited unite them ya Allah إله العالمين grant unity in the ummah ya Allah إله العالمين put compassion and mercy 
in our hearts for each other, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the evils of the heart from us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, clean our hearts out of all the jealousy, the pride, the hatred, the malice. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove all the other evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant taqwa in our hearts, Ya Allah. Grant your love in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with humility, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with generosity, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, fill our hearts, Ya Allah, with all the good, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the evils, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, make us your humble servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, keep us on Sirat Mustaqim, Ya Allah. And take us with Iman and Kamil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, take us with Iman and Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Asuh, Ya Allah. Take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us a shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Enable us to enter Jannah without any reckoning, Ya Allah. We are not capable of giving a reckoning for anything, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are full of faults, Ya Allah. We have nothing that we can present to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, without reckoning, grant us Jannah to Firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who have passed away from our families, from throughout the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive them, raise their stages, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill their qabrs with Noor, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, give them Jannah to Firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those of our parents who are alive, Ya Allah, give them Sihat and Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable us to serve them, Ya Allah. Enable us to obey them, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those of our parents who have passed away, Ya Allah, fill their qabrs with Noor, Ya Allah. Forgive them, Ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages of the Akhir. All those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, fulfill all their pious needs, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are in debts, Ya Allah, remove their debts with afiyat, Ya Allah. All those who are in any difficulties, remove their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those children that have become disobedient to their parents, make them obedient, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, those children that have become a means of pain for their parents, make them a means of comfort for their parents, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, those families, those husbands and wives that have become estranged, Ya Allah, unite their hearts, Ya Allah. Put muhabbat and love in those hearts again, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you grant us all the good of this dunya and the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from all the evil and harm of this world in the hereafter, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. You know each person's heart, Ya Allah. What the needs are in each heart, you are well aware of it, Ya Allah. Grant each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious desires, Ya Allah. Save each one from difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's anxieties and worries, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us the peace of mind and sukoon of heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us tranquility, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with sukoon and peace, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah, grant that to us, Ya Allah. What we have not asked for, Ya Allah, what asking, give it to us, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم 